you may also like. A show about the things you may also like. Things like that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. Joe Williamson is a regular guy. He's a dad of two, actually, almost three, who decided one day to become a podcaster where he would talk about being a dad. He's a self professed nerd, and that's made titling his podcast really easy. That nerd dad, Joe Williamson, and I talk about parenting from the dad side of things. Seven and three. And for disclosure purposes, I've got 23, 23, and 21. Good gravy. I believe I was supposed to parent myself out of a job. I see that. Yep. Is that the end goal? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I have a, I have a third one coming too. A third one is due end of March. So wow. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm heading down to the, the three and I think that's the idea is you, you get them in a position where they can stand on their own. And you and I are going to be coming at it. I think from, from maybe a different place because parenting I look at is something that is constantly evolving. I would sort of think that I'm like the generation ahead of you when it comes to parenting. I've sort of written, I've done all the damage to my kids that I could possibly do, I think. It's done. Whatever you were going to do to them is done. Did you do timeouts? Yes. I've been told timeouts are not allowed anymore. So you went from spanking to timeouts and now timeouts are not allowed? That's what I'm hearing. So my wife tells me, she's like, can't do time up because the idea of them being in the room by themselves, I'm assuming you're putting them in the room by themselves can cause some abandonment things. You're going to mess your kids up eventually. Just depends on how you do it. You see, I don't believe that. I think, I mean, yes, it is an abandonment thing. We want you to abandon the bad thing you were doing that caused the timeout. <laughs> They're left alone in a room. Dad, dad said, I don't want to see you anymore. You did a bad thing. Go away from me. No, I don't want to see you right now. <laughs> but you're you're approaching it as an adult. Yes, correct. So what would replace a timeout? Honestly, a lot of yelling. It's not better. <laughs> it's, I still I still do timeouts. What I do with them though is I do timeouts with them. So okay. I take them out of the situation and I sit in the room with them. I don't say it in this phrase, but you're being a bit of a jerk right now. Let's go sit in your room for a little bit. And we're having a big, you know, we're, we're having some big feelings. Let's sit in our room, calm down. And then once the emotions have kind of dissipated a little bit, then we can kind of talk about the behavior that was there. It's very tedious, but fairly effective. <laughs> but in the heat of the moment, when there is a conflict or a disagreement, Don't you need a little space before you can come back and have that sort of common sense? Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I'm very fortunate that I have a, I have a, of an engaged partner who's active in helping me parent. She is definitely the cooler of the two heads. Uh, so sometimes she'll tag in and be like, I got this one for now. You can come do it in a minute. Um, and it's not uncommon for me to have to say, dad is having some big feelings. I'm going to walk away for a minute and I will, I will, I will just literally remove myself from the situation before I come back. And then I'll say, okay, now we got to go to your room and talk about this because in the heat of the moment, we've all been there. You can lose your cool. doesn't feel good afterwards. And that, that parental uh, regret kind of seep in afterwards. But in that moment you're, you're in it and, and you're, 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 you're 
You're lashing out because you want them to get it. And I think you forget. I'm dealing with a three-year-old. <laughs> He's three. I have been to therapy for how many years? And I am on my anxiety med to help me survive. He's three. <laughs> Is it safe to say that nobody really escapes parenting? No one escapes parenting. We all do a certain element of damage might not be the word, right word. But we all leave these little scars on our kids. Sometimes it's, it can, it, it can, in retrospect, it can feel endearing. And you might think back and you hear stories, oh, my dad used to hit me, but I deserved it. That kind of thing. You sometimes hear that. So I think it's just, you know, you, you pick your battles and do your best you can, but you're going to leave some damage there. How do you stay on the same page with your wife? It's talking. You got to talk and, and own it when you screwed up, you know, like if I've lost my cool and she'll look at me, she'll be like, you know, you lo you lost it there. Like, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I lost it there. Um, or vice versa. Like if, if in her kid's situation, sometimes, you know, she can be a little bit on the, on the germaphobe side of things. I'll say, I think we need to, I think we need to dial it back a bit. Cause I don't want the kids to be afraid of spiders or whatever the case is. I want them to be comfortable, but you got to have that conversation and that talk it out because otherwise it just it goes nowhere and then the kids get mixed signals and it's a, you know it becomes a losing battle even more so where do you find the time by the way to, to speak with your partner for this stuff because i look at your life right now you mentioned before we we came on here that you're taking care of parents yep there's two kids there's a third one on the way jobs career busy yep podcast. tell me <laughs> podcast <laughs> Tell me about making the time to have those difficult conversations with your wife. And they're not, I don't mean that they're difficult as in yeah, yeah. it's going to be like some sort of marital breakdown in the process. I'm just saying. I mean, it might be. It's, yeah, but it's difficult to come together on the, on these subjects. I am extremely fortunate. And I always kind of preface this by saying it because like there's a single parent who might be listening to this and going, well, of course he can do that. Right. Um, so I'm extremely fortunate that my wife and I both have jobs that are essentially nine to five. We are big on routine. So our routine is for the youngest one, the three-year-old, he's asleep most days by seven 30 for the seven-year-old. He's asleep most days by eight 15, eight 30, that half hour window, eight 30 to nine o'clock before we start to watch TV or whatever, it has just kind of naturally evolved you know, we're doing something, we're putting away the toys, someone's doing the dishes, someone's, you know, putting away the groceries that have been left out all day. And that those 30 minutes have become that kind of parental talk, um, relationship talk, talk about whatever the hell happened in our respective lives. And then we turn on how to get away with murder or whatever show we're binge watching. And then we, we tune out for a couple hours, then we go to bed. We didn't schedule it. It wasn't, it just kind of seemed to naturally evolved that while we were tidying up the house, that became our time to, to figure it out and get on the same page. Do you have a date night? <laughs> uh, no, no. Those I mean, are... A lot of people find date night to be sort of cliche and silly or doesn't really fit, but like what we call time together. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But that nine to 11 is our time. And the fact that we get a few minutes to enjoy something together. It doesn't have to be elaborate. I don't think it has to be massive. It has to be a gesture. It has to be show an effort, show engagement, show interest in the, in your partner for it to be meaningful. It can be, I was out 
I thought of you. I picked up your favorite cheeseburger. <laughs> you know, and sometimes that means the world to the person because you were thinking of them when they weren't expecting you to be thinking of them. I think one of the things that you do recognize about your wife is that she does not like the zombie type crazy television shows. I know that because you yeah. mentioned it earlier today on a, on a broadcast you were doing. And I'm thinking to myself, I love I'm in that pile. I do not want to see zombies. I don't want to see nutty stuff. And just for you to recognize, it means you don't have to watch. You can watch that on your own time. Exactly. I have a literally on my phone, I have a list of shows I watch without her. So it's, you know, if she's going out, she's running errands. I have a few minutes for Joe time, whether or not I want to spend that working on my podcast and my branding or whether I want to watch Shit's Creek because I know she wouldn't like that kind of humor either. That's that's for me. And that's how I kind of carve out those little spots for me. But that idea of also not losing yourself in a relationship, it's very hard. Um, it's very easy to lose yourself in your relationship or your kids, but try not to lose yourself. Yeah, well, it, it's great being a parent, and it, it just absolutely flies by. I found this a little bit later on like when the boys got to be about 10 years old as a parent. I said, I think I have to step away and let them figure it out for themselves. Refresh my memory. Are there moments of that you know, between the ages of like four and eight or four and nine where as a parent you go, I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah, when I see conflict brewing at a playground. And that's when I, I kind of have to take a step back. I, I try to take my kids to the playground every every weekend. I can remember distinctively seeing like a queue or something. People are kind of lining up to do a an activity at a, a monkey bar, something like that. And I'm like, he's going to need to step in and be a little bit more confident to get in there. Am I going to let him miss his turn or am I going to be that? helicopter parent who kind of slides in is like, Hey, it's your turn now, buddy. Uh, but instead I walked over to him and I was like, when it's your turn, you go and just kind of own it. And it was more just a piece of advice, but I let it happen. And when he goes and he realizes that there's no repercussions for just going, you know, the kid behind him didn't want to fight. The kid in front of him wasn't offended that he left too early, whatever the case is. He was like, Oh, okay, I can do this again. And it becomes easier for him down the road. The, the therapy that I've gone into, um, it, it, you talk about the fear of these consequences, but you don't know what the consequences are. You're afraid of them, but you don't really know how the situation's going to play out. And I don't want my kid to be afraid of those unknown moments. So try it. See what happens. The worst that can happen is someone says, no, I'm here if you need me, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, there are definitely those moments where you're like, hey, I gotta see how this plays out. I'm gonna see if he falls off that, <laughs> and and I'm ready with I'm ready with water and a, a bandaid. But I'm gonna see if he falls off that. I'm gonna see if he steps up and tries to use his voice and see what happens. Being a dad feels so complicated because the role has changed. It feels like it changes every seven to ten years. Yeah, yeah. No, we're no longer Archie Bunker. We don't get to sh come home, put our slippers on, and argue with Meathead about. The politics. That's a real topical reference. I'm sure the audience will love that. Um, <laughs> but it, but that but that's what we think about when we think of that you know 1950s parent and the 1960s parent and father knows best and my three sons. Even though that was an unorthodox family situation, but the role of of dad. Yep. Uh, and then it evolved into the Brady Bunch, and then it evolved into uh, the Cosby Show. And then it evolved into, I'm trying to get to like the 90s. Homer. I would say Homer. Homer Simpson. Yep. And then, you know, 
now we're Peter Griffin, Bob's Burgers. It's it, it is King of the Hill. I was just talking about King of the Hill on my show. Depending on where you are, you know, situated and where you grew up. I'm in a very liberal city, very progressive. That role of fatherhood has changed so much from being all you have to do is be present to get an award to be father of the year. All you have to do is show up and not hit your kid to you and your wife or you and your partner, whoever are going to split parenting duties as close to 50 50 as possible. And you're going to have to be, you're expected as you should be. Let me clarify this. You should be expected to help out around the house because the roles have changed for women as well. They used to be the homemaker. Then they were the homemaker and the person who took care of the kids. Now they're expected to be able to do all three as well. And it's a strain for both. You know, even now with the advent of my my third one coming, I could take five weeks off for parental leave and get a little EI from the government. Okay. Well, I went to my, my employer and I was like, how much will you top me up for that? And they're like, we don't top up for parental leave, but they will top up for maternal leave. And if I was taking mat leave, if I was taking that time away from my wife, they would top me up. But just the additional weeks that the government gives out, they won't top up. So there are these kind of little nuances to the whole thing. But that that strain is very real. And I will say, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my dad here on this one. Because my dad was probably, he was not quite Homer Simpson, but he wasn't quite Archie Bunker. You know, he was somewhere in the middle there. He was trying. Um, but him as a grandfather, oh boy, if he isn't progressive. If he isn't dropping I loves you, I love yous. And, and hugs and, and kisses and, and being kind of expressive with his emotions that you just didn't see from guys his age. So um, it, it's continuing to go that way. I think we're starting to kind of level out because we're, we're not 50-50 in the relationship between husband and wives, but I think we're getting closer um, to that point. But I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that one, but I, I think we're headed that direction where those growing pains are going to start to level off a bit. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, 4Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. 
You may also like Supports Podcasting 2.0. So feel free to send us a boost if you are listening on a newer podcast app. If you don't have one, you can see a full list of them at newpodcastapps.com. What about the clumsy dad? I mean, I see it on TV all the time and I think it's ridiculous, but it's if every brand still wants to have a clumsy dad at the center of their of their ad campaign, I think it will be the, you know, it's Homer Simpson again and Peter Griffin that's that's used to sell products. And now, I mean, your kids are way older, but the idea of Bluey, his his dad, his dad is uh, Bandit. Bandit in the show Bluey is a real modern take on a Homer Simpson, which is an extension of Fred Flintstone, which, you know, all the way down. He's not clumsy, but even they portray him as being kind of oafish. He's forgetful. He doesn't always take the best care of kids. He's the fun one in the relationship. Mom is the serious one. Dad is a bit of a, a, a clown and a jokester. Um, and that, there's danger to that. There's danger in that these are the role models. We talk about seeing ourselves and seeing society on TV and the characters that are portrayed. If the most dads are portrayed as oafish, clumsy, forgetful, that becomes a lot of role models for a lot of people. And it becomes the expectation potentially for people who are looking for partners down the road. My husband is going to be oafish and forgetful and clumsy. And I need to be the lead parent. It's dangerous at times. If you, if you, if you stay thinking long-term about it, there's, there's ramifications there. So the pandemic really accelerated a lot of things. It accelerated what we're doing now. Um, a lot of people went home and did podcasts. A lot of people started home businesses. But what do you think the legacy for parenting will be through the pandemic? What changed? Because I was so, home, I was home, I was home alone. My 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 guys were off at university. I can't really see what really changed. But for a parent, when you go to two, 2019 versus when we're coming out of the back end, 2022-2023, what do you think the legacy changes for parenting? Social interactions are going to be different from now on. Even things like birthday parties. I've, I have noticed that birthday parties have gotten smaller. Um, they're not as elaborate as they were. Um, there's a lot more, a lot more delicate conversations about, you know, can, can, you know, masking in these situations. And I think that those social interactions are going to have long-term effects on our children as well, because during these formative years, they are learning how to interact as adults. And for two, three years, we said, don't go near anybody. <laughs> don't go near them. If they sneeze, turn and cross the street. Um, so I think that those ramifications are going to be felt when they become adults and start entering the workforce. Because it's going to start showing up as they become teenagers how they interact, how they socialize, how they date. And then when they enter the workforce, what are their expectations of being able to work from home? What are their expectations of um, size of the team that they manage? Whatever the case is, it's going to be felt in those things because social interaction went out the window for three years. We talked earlier on about, you know, the timeout and how that's not really seen to be in favor anymore. What is something that is being practiced right now by parents that you look at and go, I don't think that's going to work. The idea that if your kid is throwing a temper tantrum, trying to get to their level, 
and saying, okay, so, you know, we're, ha- we're having some big feelings right now. What caused you to do that? I'm like, they're a kid. They're irrational. They're going to do irrational things. Um, and I know this piece of parenting advice isn't written down anywhere, but sometimes when I think of dealing with children, I think of, um, the dog whisperer, Caesar, whatever his name is, Caesar. Uh, and and he would go to kind of break the dog's attention when they're super focused. I sometimes feel like you have to do that with kids. They get into a temper tantrum and you kind of have to snap them out of it, get them to focus on something else and then come back to reality. But but this idea of getting down to their level and trying to get them to explain their feelings every time. Can you do that? Can you explain every time you're having an irrational feeling or thought? You can't. You're, you're human. You're going to fly off the handle. You're going to want to cry sometimes because you had a bad day at work. Maybe your kid didn't tie his shoe properly. That pissed him off. Now, you know, the rock he wanted to kick was kicked by someone else. And now... The ice cream cone is vanilla and it should have been chocolate. Now he's losing his mind. He's not going to be able to connect the dots there. So So to answer your question, by the way, no, I'm not able to do that without paying somebody $125 (laughs) an hour. To talk to you. And then, you know, and and this is where the idea of like, oh, we should be able to talk to our kids about their feelings. Agreed. Agreed. But I think, I think trying to get them to understand their feelings is a really, really difficult task for a child. We pay a lot of money to do it. First time I was in therapy, talks like, "What do you want to talk about?" You know, I'm like, "I, I think I'm, I think I'm nervous around people." And it takes weeks before you get to any sort of conclusion, before you start to narrow it down as to what the cause of all this is. You're not going to be able to help a child in the moment. You just help them calm down, feel good about themselves, move forward. Aren't you better off, by the way, like going and looking in the rearview mirror after like the tantrum has happened and maybe have the discussion at that point and not in the moment when they're having the tantrum? Yeah, I, I would. I got to agree with that um, because they're focused. They're one track mind. They're in fight or flight mode. Whatever has caused it, they're in fight or flight mode. And you can lead them a little bit, you know, because you you might know what the problem is. You might say, is it because we didn't have vanilla ice cream today? And they go, yeah, it was. And you're like, okay, so sometimes vanilla ice cream won't be available. <laughs> and, you know, you lead them a little bit, but you're right. You got to you gotta have them calm down first so they can hear the feedback. Um, no different than when you are hearing it from your boss. If you're pissed off or whatever, you're not going to hear what your boss has to say at that moment. Got to calm down. I don't mean to put a lot of pressure on you, but sure. you've got another one on the way. Mm-hmm. you're on the precipice of becoming outnumbered in the house. And I'm thinking that you've got a seven-year-old, but then you've got another one on the way. And we went through a pandemic. Mm-hmm. How aware are you about how different you're going to be parenting number three versus what you've done with number one, given what you've learned and given the circumstances of the era that we're in? Uh, ugh, tough question. I would say, I recognize I'm screwed. Um, I think there's a lot of times where um, when it's chaos with the, the four of us and I look at her and I'll go, soon there'll be another one, <laughs> right? <laughs> soon there'll be three of them. <laughs> um, and, and and you you have those moments where you're like, 
was this the best idea? Are we sure we wanted to do this? Um, and you know, there's love there and it's all, you know, in jest, but you recognize like we're screwed. We're, we're real screwed here. Um, and it's not uncommon for me to already go when he is four and maybe entering T-ball or whatever it is, the other one will be 11. That kid is going to have to be in something very casual sports related because I'm not going to have time to be able to get all three of them to sporting events on the same night. So how am I going to parent that number three versus number, you know, number one, I think the third one will have to fend for himself. <laughs> it's just, there, there will be an, an element of, I think we, as a parent, I need to step back and not assume they have the information and knowledge. I was guilty of that with my second one, right? If I'm being honest with it, it's just, you get so used to, you're like, oh, I trained this one. That's what I did. I trained it. I didn't teach it anything. I trained it all of the information it needs to know. It knows how to go to a potty. It knows a little bit of math. It knows how to read on your way. And then you look at your next one. You're like, why don't you know those things that I taught that one? <laughs> and why don't you already know those things that I've said? Oh, right. I have to teach you again. I have to start over again. I have to slow down. Um, and I'll have to slow down again for the third one. But that's, I think, the, the big takeaway is just like, I'm going to have to slow down and not assume a level of knowledge that's already there. Um, and I think with number one, t timeouts were in place. Mm -hmm. Number two, they're a little less common. I think by number three, they'll be completely phased out of our house. I feel I can help you, by the way, with three schedules in the household. And that's a shared calendar if you have Apple devices. You put the event into the calendar, and when they clash, you call somebody for a ride. And, you know, I think the parenting part comes in not, you know, mommy or daddy cannot make every single event. And sometimes there'll be a neighbor who may be able to take you to said event. And inversely, you might also find that you'll be taking other people too, because this is where I think it does come in. It takes a village. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's my experience. We had we had three hockey schedules running throughout the um, throughout the house, and there were multiple uh, places that that everybody had to be. And uh, you know, eventually, I introduced them to the bus. You know, when they turned fourteen, and that sort of how dare you? Yeah, well, that piece went away. I, I mean, <laughs> listen, the bus. I mean. <laughs> Parents today had stopped using the bus somewhere in the 90s that began to go away. I took the bus every day. Me too. Yeah. And I, I want to jump on that because the drop-off for school, it is a nightmare. Now, I'm, I'm thankful enough that I can walk my kid to school, but the amount of parents that are just lingering around the schoolyard to pick up or drop off their kid is, I, I don't recall that. When I went to school, I don't like mom was there, but that's because she was also, you know, she did home daycare. She was picking up three or four kids and taking them back to the house. But like my friend's parents, moms were never there waiting for them. They just hopped on the school bus or walked home by themselves. I, I just do not remember parental drop off and pickup being the event and, uh, Mad Max Fury Road that it has become with cars all over the place, zipping in and out of the parking lot, lining up and queuing up to pick up and drop off your kid. It's just nuts. Anyways, piss me off. <laughs> it's a sore spot. <laughs> well, I, I'm with you. I don't know when that actually happened, but I think you can now over schedule 
your kids for events and take everything with you. And it's not like the hassle it once was. I mean, I'm an 80s child and it was drop off for hockey and parents were gone. They didn't need to watch the game. That stranger is going to take care of you. You're good. <laughs> yeah. I had smokes with him earlier. He's fine. Go. <laughs> right now we're going to Sky Zone. I don't know if you have Sky Zone out where you are, but Sky Zone, one of the trampoline parks. Um, every uh, We bought a membership every Saturday, every Sunday. We go to bounce from 9 to 11. And it's a good workout for them. It's a good workout for me. And gets the gets him, get him out of the hair of my wife for a couple of hours. She can have some alone time. It's all good. So Sky Zone is where it's at right now for us. All right. Well, take care of your knees on those things because it's my back. It's my your back. back. Yeah. It's my back. My back. Because I started getting cocky. I started thinking I could do stuff. And I did stuff. And it was cool. And then I was like a couple days later, I'm like, oh, man, I'm older than I feel. So, yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Robaxaset. Robaxaset <laughs> will fix any dad's back. <laughs> That's a natural sponsorship deal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Joe, thanks so much for doing this on, on the podcast and uh, taking the time to talk parenting. And good luck with the podcast. Thanks, Matt. That Nerd Dad podcast, available everywhere. Subscribe on YouTube. My thanks to Joe Williamson for joining me on the show. That Nerd Dad podcast can be heard in all the usual podcast apps. And if you'd like to partner with Joe, reach out to him. I've left the links in the show notes. This episode was produced by Evan Serminski and Chloe Imond Lane and built for your ears by everyone at the SoundOff Media Company. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.